Great. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, sorry, I'm experiencing some internet instability issues, uh, but I'll do the best I can. Uh, so, Laurie, you shared the uh, HDF uh, forum for HSDS. Yeah, so hopefully you can see it or someone else could give a thumbs up to show they see it, but I've got the HSDS forum open. Um, so if there was a particular thread you wanted me to open, I can show that. Yep, uh, I thought how much is too much for the NREL API? So this person is trying to use this NREL SUP3R, but I have no luck. Uh, so let me uh, just provide some background. NREL, the National Renewable Energy Lab, hosts an HSDS instance. And through that, you can access these uh, you know, terabytes of data about wind, uh, waves, uh, solar radiation, et cetera. Um, to use their web API, you need to get an API key. And NREL limits how many requests each user can make for a given API key. And uh, this user is getting some data back, uh, but not the bulk of it. And uh, NREL suggests that in this case, they set up their own HSDS server. And uh, that's okay, uh, except uh, this gentleman is on Windows and the set of guide NREL provides uh, only refers to Linux. Uh, also, he's a little worried maybe that, you know, setting up a server is uh, a lot of effort uh, to configure and such. Uh, but actually, a few things is you don't really need to run a server like in Docker or Kubernetes to run HSDS. You can just run on the command line. So for a Mac or Linux, you do this uh, dot slash run all that's sh uh, dash dash no Docker TCP. So uh, summarize, uh, you can run HSDS on the command line. Uh, on Linux or Mac using run all the sh and on Windows doing run all that bat. Uh, so with that, uh, you should be up and running. Uh, yeah, so you can you can read the this forum post for more detail, but that's the the gist of it. All right. So moving on to the next post, uh, this person is trying to contact HSDS org and gets a 503 service unavailable error. So uh, this is actually kind of related to the previous post. So we've, for a long time, we've had HDF Lab. HDF Lab is a Jupyter Hub, Jupyter Lab uh, setup that runs on AWS and lets you connect to it and uh, access HDS and run any kind of Python scripts you want, other than Bitcoin mining. Um, you know, it seems though that um, in the current environment, the level of effort to maintain HF Lab isn't uh, really worth it, uh, considering that there are a bunch of uh, free alternative uh, Jupyter Lab setups you can use. For example, uh, a, uh, AWS SageMaker uh, provides a similar Jupyter Lab environment. Uh, or you can just run like we discussed in this last uh, forum uh, post, uh, you can run HSDS just on the command line on your desktop. 
So um, I think that should be a reasonable alternative for people who need the functionality they're getting in HDF Lab. Uh, this particular case, he was trying to access the endpoint. So HDF Lab had the Jupyter Hub endpoint, which you would connect to to sign on Jupyter Hub, and also have an HSDS endpoint, which you could access externally. And so maybe some people would use HSDS as a external web service without actually signing in to HDF Lab. So we didn't actually encourage uh, that. Uh, so with Jupyter Lab going down, also this HSDS, HF Lab uh, endpoint going down as well. Uh, but like I said, you can easily set up your own um, HSDS either with Docker or Kubernetes or on the command line. Next, let's look at how to add data in Azure storage containers to HSDS server. So Brendan says um, they deployed HSDS server on Azure using Docker, following docs. And the wrinkle is that, again, he wants, uh, sorry, I was saying you can't use your HSDS instance to talk to both the Azure uh, cloud storage and AWS S3. So he was trying to do an HS load of the, uh, the NREL HSDS file, but it's rather complicated, right? Uh, for one, his Azure instance won't be set up to talk to S3. For another, these files are quite large, multi-terabytes, and it would be problematic to copy the entire data and not run in to this quota limit that I talked about earlier. Uh, that said, um, there's uh, some possibility that NREL will be providing uh, data sets on Azure directly. Uh, so that may be a path forward. We'll provide updates uh, as that uh, moves along. And next we have alternative bearer uh, token generation. So again, some background. In HSDS, you have several ways to set up authentication. Uh, authentication is when you make requests, having the server verify your identity. Uh, the simplest and maybe least secure is to set up a uh, set of usernames and passwords that's managed by the server. And when you connect to HSDS, uh, the username password gets encoded into the HTTP header, is decoded by HSDS, and if it matches its own copy of the username passwords, then that request is uh, authenticated. Uh, not necessarily the same as authorized because after it's authenticated, you still have to have permissions to do whatever action you want to do. Uh, for example, read from a domain or delete a file, et cetera. So, but uh, other than that, there are different ways of using like a third party authentication. So when you say, for example, use Azure Active Directory, your username is validated by Azure and 
the Azure Active Directory sends back a token that you then send to HSDS, HSDS can validate that token without ever having to learn your username and password. Uh, so that works uh, pretty well. Uh, in this case, uh, this user is on a HPC system and he's inquiring, can he use a similar authentication token with HSDS? And the answer is no, we don't support that out of the box, but the interface for authentication in HSDS is quite extensible. And it's gone through several rounds of extensions already. And uh, it should be feasible uh, to um, modify the code to support this means of authentication. And that said, I, let me add that, you know, we're very happy for people if they have some feature or, or fix they would like in HSDS to go ahead and submit a pull request. And we'll be happy to review that and uh, integrate it in with the mainland code branch. All right. So next, let's switch over to the vols and VFDs uh, forum. And someone was asking, Jan William Bickland was asking, um, they have a library that they wrote on top of HDF5. They've tried out using the ROS3 VFD and it works okay, but now they are looking maybe step up and use HSDS. Yeah, the uh, documentation needs to be updated uh, a bit. And then there were some questions about functionality in the vol connector. So uh, the rest vol, let me say it this way. Um, there are features that are needed by the rest vol that HSDS doesn't support. And there are also features that HSDS does support that are not yet supported by the rest vol. Uh, but the set's fairly small and we're making progress uh, to narrow the gap um, week by week. So few of these were, if you go down, he was asking about H5D set extent, H5O copy, H5L move, and H5D gets for increasing the, um, the dimensions of a data set, but uh, it doesn't support reducing the dimensions. Uh, so that's a feature we would need to add to HSDS, and I created an issue for that today. The other one is called H5O copy. So this API function copies an object like a group or a data set or, uh, let's see, where was I? Uh, the reason the, it wasn't supported before is because you imagine you have a data set that's uh, maybe several gigabytes of data. It could take quite some time to copy all that data. And if that request is happening through an HTTP request, your client may time out before the server ever completed that operation. Uh, but yet there are ways around that, uh, and we can explore those. 
the other two, uh, H5L uh, um, link move, H5L move, uh, that just renames uh, a link. And I think that doesn't need any HSDS uh, updates that can be supported just in the REST file. Similarly, for H5D get storage size, this reports uh, storage used um, in terms of uh, allocated chunks and so on. And that actually is supported in the server. We just haven't made the proper connection uh, with RESTful yet. Uh, Matt, anything you'd like to add on these topics? Um, no, I think you should have covered it. All right, okay. Anyway. And uh, really working hard to improve the rest vault. So uh, keep on uh, sending in issues and posting the forum. And uh, really happy to see the involvement here. Okay. Uh, I think that covers it for the recent uh, forum post. Um, anyone else have questions or anything they'd like to talk about? Lori, you want to talk about the HUD event? Sure. Yep, I'm ready. Um, so just a plug again for the HDF user group meeting that's happening next week, August 16th through 18th in Columbus, Ohio. Um, for this reason, we are canceling next week's call the doctor, which would be Alexander's session usually. Um, so we're just canceling it for next Tuesday, but we'll be on again the following week. Um, you can still register to attend if you're in the area of Columbus. You can register in person or just do it online. Virtual registration is still available. Um, we also have the agenda posted. You might want to take a look at that. There's lots of great stuff there. Um, as we always do, we will post our recordings publicly on YouTube. You can just get to them faster if you happen to be a registered attendee. Um, the URL, I put it in the chat and it's in the description for the recording but it's hdfgroup.org slash hug slash hug 23. We'll get you to the start of the information on the hug event, but we'd love to see as many people there as we can. Should be a great event. That is all that I have. Any other questions? So we will all reconvene on August 22nd will be our next call of the doctor with Scott, who is our HPC and Fortran person. Right. Thank you, everyone, and continue asking questions on the forum, like John said. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, all. Bye everyone. <laughs>